Hello there. My name is Jackson Perry, otherwise known as The Reaper. Today I've got a very eye-opening piece to tell to you, and by eye-opening I mean I might, I might be embarrassing myself horribly, horribly today. Uh, the, I, during high school, when I was actually in high school, I uh, was the worst student ever, failed like every class, period. Um, except English classes. I finished those by sophomore, first quarter into sophomore year. Uh, but even during English class, I would be writing my own uh, literature. I would, uh, they would, they would force me to go to study hall and I would have my phone out and someone would come up to me and go, hey, uh, what are you, uh, what are you doing on your phone there? You can't have your phone out. I'm like, oh, I'm just writing. And they assume it's for a class. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it was totally me just wasting my time. But uh, today, brought to you by View It and Syncback, I will be reading the first short story book I ever wrote, and it's called Stitched. So it's going to be a very audio-driven podcast today. Um, but first, you know what time it is. It's what is the Reaper reading time, which I am very, very happy to let you in on tomorrow i'll be reviewing the comic harrow county uh volume one uh great stuff to talk about in this it's basically a a twist on your uh on your classic witch story uh it's very unique and it's also a pretty recent horror horror comic i don't know why i have trouble with horror i ju it just sounds like i'm saying a profane word anyway so stick it Stay tuned for tomorrow, and this will be what I'll be telling you all about, Harrow County. Uh, I can't wait to get more copies of this because it's, it's interesting, and the review will be interesting. The second, another extremely stupidly expensive comic book, the Swamp Th Amp Wow, the lighting is bad on that. Anyway, there it is. That's so much better. Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. Uh, this is heralded as a really great psychological thriller, um, which might be odd because it's a DC black label, but uh, it actually has it's it's definitely come uh, come out on top. It was very hyped. I was super excited to get it, and when I got it, I'm not disappointed at all. Uh, it's about you know obviously it's about the swamp thing, and uh, he's basically a giant vegetable. I can't go into the intricacies because that would take very long. But uh, I'm a fan of horror, and I love DC Comics. I don't screw with Marvel Comics, but I love DC Comics, and uh, this is a great purchase. Uh, it's super nice. comes in its own little sleeve. So uh, thank you so much for listening to that part. So today I'll be reading to you Stitched. That's what I named it. And boy, was I totally proud of everything I put into this. Uh, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously, I was f 15. But I, I was super impressed with myself because I thought, well, a lot of the books I'm reading, I just don't like what's going on. So I had this thought, why don't I just write it? So uh, that's, that's how this came about. So without further ado... With minimal commentary, I will be bringing to you whatever this is, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on the clock 
because I don't want this to go too long. I don't know how long it's going to take me to read this, but uh, you'll see. Okay. So, Stitched. It's an X. The, the cover of it is just a big old X. And it says, Not for the Faint of Heart by Jackson R. Perry. And then there's a quote by me. Uh, it's a joke I, I do with everything I write. <laughs> I uh, come up with a quote that envelops the story. And I, uh, I put, <laughs> by Jackson Perry, a few seconds ago. <laughs> and the, the quote is, the mind can only cope by lying. Disclaimer. This book will take you on the ride of your life. It's a simple goal, but there's a bigger picture. Scattered in clues, just be aware. Also, also, there's a huge Easter egg I hid in this, in this, uh, this book, this story. And I bet like seven different people $300 to tell me if they could figure it out. So that's a big thing. You're going to have to see if you can figure it out. And uh, if you can, I'm not going to give you anything. But uh, you can feel great that if you knew me all those years ago, I would have given you $300. And I, I've read over it a lot of times. And I, it's obvious enough. If I were to tell you it, you'd be like, oh. So, uh, yeah great gender male eye color before sr brown after hair color before sr brown after white scar tissue makes up 25 percent of the body name unknown age 17 height 510 family unknown Mental state unknown. Origin North America condition critical. Location found redacted. Oh yeah, I should inter introduce myself, seeing that I don't know you and you don't know me. Before this confused awakening, I was a morbidly average, or what my so-called great mother of mine calls me, which is boring. I don't cause trouble, I don't do drugs, I don't usually get bad grades, or for what, for what that matters, great grades. I'm not really sure why I'm telling you this story. Well, it's more of a, oh my god, why is this thing trying to kill me right now? Hashtag no, hashtag faith, hashtag in, hashtag humanity. You see what I did there? I tried, tried to lighten the mood. Before soon, after I stopped giving myself this little pep talk as I stare into the void, which will probably be my final resting place, it'll make sense eventually. Also, if you're wondering, yes, I do talk to myself, but mostly consists of played out conversations to no one. Well, I've taken enough of your time, being that I don't see any way out of this situation. Oh yeah, and if you really don't want to know what happens in my mind, do not continue. Enjoy. It started as a pinprick, a subtle sensation to the left of my sternum. It was more an annoyance than anything. I didn't want to get up. I felt unbelievably tired. My arms were like heavy weights, but I could barely feel them at all. Actually, I, I couldn't feel my body at all. It's almost like I was floating. I tried moving my arm, 
Immediate, immediately, the pinprick in my chest sharpened and my arm went completely limp again. Slightly more aware, I'd now I tried to open my eyes. My eyes felt gluttonous, almost tied together. That's a terrifying thought. I haphazardly tried to roll to my side and I fell straight off something and smacked onto the ground. I felt something snap out of my arm. Still only half aware, I gave a half-hearted groan. At this point, I realized the pain in my chest has increased significantly. I tried to open my eyes and was met with a bright glare which almost blinded me. Was I outside? No, I couldn't be. I don't remember going outside last night. I also don't remember falling asleep anywhere unusual. Wait, now that I think about it, I can't even remember last night or the day before. I was now getting a burning sensation in my chest. I quickly tried to sit up, but almost fainted from the pain. Where the hell was I? Was I drugged? No, I don't ever go to parties or hang out with anyone sketchy. To be honest, I don't get out much. I tried to open my eyes again, slowly, while trying to ignore the pain in my head. I tried to roll slightly to my left so I wouldn't have to open my eyes to the bright ceiling. I found that I couldn't move and it was a painful feeling, but more like no feeling at all. I tried for a solid three or so minutes till I finally managed to roll to my side. Now feeling more confident, I opened my eyes to find that the brightness was now somewhat dimmed. I tried to gather my surroundings. A large metal table was looming about two feet above me. The floor was a dull gray. I'm thinking it's cement, but very crudely spread. The floor was in splotches and, and was extremely uneven. From what I could see, the table and the light were the only things in the room. I tried to sit up, but a sharp pain in my chest almost grounded my, me completely. I tried one more time to sit up, this time fast, so I could push back the pain. I, ex I succeeded in propping myself up on one of the legs from the, from the table. The bottom half of my body was still completely devoid of feeling. I could move my arms, but barely just enough to grab the edge of the table and try pulling myself to my feet. The table gave out and slammed down on its side, landing on my middle finger. A sharp crack of pain ran through my arm. I called out in pain, but it, the sound quickly dissipated. I snapped my arm from under the table with a tearing pain running through my body. Blood ran down my arm soaking into my plain gray shirt. My pants were also strangely devoid of color. I don't think I've ever seen such a boring set of clothes in my life. I tried once again to yank my body up on the side of the table. Finally, after a few minutes of trying extremely hard, I picked myself up and slid my half-limp legs under me. With half my body feeling overworked and the other dying, I stood up and breathed a sigh of relief. My fingers still wouldn't stop bleeding, so I wrapped it in my shirt and started to look around. My path of vision was only hindered by my eyes being only half open. The room was just as bare, bare as I thought it would be, except, 
it would be completely devoid, except now I saw an air vent in the very back of the room, in the ceiling. There was a long plastic tube running from the wall, slowly leaking a dark purple liquid in a thick metal door. The room was smaller than an average hospital dorm, except it was stripped and bare of anything eye-catching. There wasn't a window or anything, except for the slow-moving fan in the air vent. I, sudden, I suddenly felt dangerously enclosed. I slowly made my way to the featureless gray door. It was, a ma it was made of thick, strong, metallic substance, except there wasn't a handle. Suddenly, I was much more awake. I pound on the door. It was solid enough that I couldn't feel any vibrations coming from it. I kept trying to grab onto the edges but it was almost perfectly fitted in. I pushed the table against it a few times, but to no avail, it didn't even scratch. The lights flickered for a few seconds, plunging the room into immediate and disconcerting darkness. I stood there for a few seconds before they flickered ba back to life. A few minutes later, it happened again, and this time for longer. I felt suffocated, I pushed back hard against the door and heard a slight click. The lights came back on and I ran my hands along the edges of the door, still stuck. I, ad I admitted a sad defeat and slunked back on the wall next to the door. The lights flickered off and this continued for what seemed like hours. The clicking started to get annoying. The second the lights started flickering, a small click could be heard. I'm thinking it was coming from the heavy-duty light bulb in the middle of the room. I was so tired I just wanted to sleep. I was stuck. I walk over to the center of the room and reach up to unscrew the light bulb. It came undone with a successful popping noise. Sure enough, the clicking stopped. I slid down with my back to the wall, put my, hand, put my head in my hands and sat there defeated. I was almost still asleep when I heard a small, almost unnoticeable click. It was almost definitely coming from the door, but now it was followed by another somewhat louder click. Every few, every few minutes, two clicks would resonate from the door. I felt around on the floor for the industrial-sized light bulb, which I left stuck in one of the corners of the overturned table. Almost directly under the low-hanging light fixture, I found it, and for a few minutes I tried to hurriedly screw the light bulb back into place. It came back on in a bright glare. I shielded my eyes toward the light until they adjusted. About 30 seconds later, I heard a soft click, followed by, then by another in the door. I was completely confused. The clicks were entirely synced with the light turning off and on. Wait, if the door didn't have a handle, so how did the deadbolt work? Then it hit me. It was electronically controlled. And every time the lights turned off, the deadbolt came out. But what was the second click? Obviously, whoever put me here wanted to stay here, wanted me to stay here. So they probably had a backup power source feed into the door in case the power were to fail. Yes, I almost yelled it. In between the door locking and relocking was about one second where the door was unlocked. I pressed myself to the wall next, next to the door and grabbed the small crevice that ran the outline of the door. I waited for what seemed like hours until the click 
I was waiting for. I grunted as I pulled the giant metal door away from the edge. It came loose for a second and the deadbolt reset. It slid right back into place. I wasn't finished yet, but it, it could get done. I was going to get out of here one way or another. The next time the lights went off, I almost dislocated my right arm pulling the heavy door. It came off just enough so it couldn't lock. Two of my fingers came back bright red as blood slowly drained from them. The door rebolted, but it was too far out of place for it to catch. But instead of one thick bolt, there were six huge bolts, about four inches long and one wide thick. But instead of keeping the door locked tight, they were actually stopping it from reclosing. I suddenly noticed how cold it was in the, in the room. A soft, warm gust of air flowed through the, do the open door. Using one of the bolts as a handle, I pulled open the door and slipped through the small gap. A few seconds after, the bolts receded and the door locked. I was still celebrating my small victory when I almost forgot I didn't even know where I was. I took a look around. I was in a long, dark hallway with red lights running the whole length of it. The pain in my chest had somewhat subsided, but it was still there. My hand was still dripping small amounts of blood onto the floor, but it had almost completely dried. Trying not to panic, I chose the hallway to my right-hand side with my back to the door. I started to notice that Many other doors spanning the long hallway, all unmarked and indistinguishable. I turned around and ran my bloodied hand across the door in an X shape so I wouldn't get too terribly lost. Then proceeded to walk down the hallway. Hundreds of doors, all the same shape and size. Most, if not all, were completely untouched. I might have been the first person to walk this long hallway since a long time ago, but the floors were spotless and not a layer of dust anywhere. It seemed like I was walking for a long time. Nothing ever changed, just the same doors and a long straight hallway. One door stuck out though. There was a long purple handprint that was smeared all over a door. It was slightly ajar. Curiosity overcame me and I pushed open the metal door to reveal an identical square room exactly like mine except there wasn't a vent. The table was flipped on its side and a purple substance was smeared all over the walls. The long plastic tube that came out from the wall was ripped out which left a slow constant stream of liquid coming from the small hole in the wall. I gave an awkward step back and brought the door in. I continued walking though slightly afraid of what I saw. It wasn't very recent other than the puddle forming on the ground near where the tube used to be. The rest of the long hallway was completely the same till it cut off abruptly in a large solid wall which I may or may not have smacked into because I was looking at my bare feet the whole time. It just stops. The doors stopped as soon as the hallway ended. I was still awestruck at how soon it ended when I realized I had to walk back. About two uneventful hours later, I reached another abrupt wall. Nothing. No other hallways, no new doors, nothing. I missed, I missed something. 
Ugh. I turned around again, ready to make another long trek back, this time being more attentive. When I was greeted by another wall only another ten feet from the last, I turned around and found another wall only five feet away. I turned around and was stuck right between another wall. Then they started to, they started slowly closing in. Every time I blinked, every time I stopped pay, paying attention to the walls, my eyes felt heavy, begging me to close them. I felt like I would be crushed if I blinked one more time. I called out for help, but the sound didn't even seem to travel out of my mouth. Then the small red lights that kept the small light plate, small space lit went out. I woke up, kneeling down inside the smeared purple room with my hand touching the small puddle of purple liquid. I yelped and jumped back in surprise. The propped open doors were slowly starting to close in the corner of my eye. I ran and dove through the small space, wanting nothing more than to get out of that cell. Pain surged through my chest as I smacked into the other end of the hallway. Funny how I now refer to it as a cell rather than a room. But now that I think about it, it's, it's the proper term. The hallway I chose was the exact same I ventured down the first time. But now it ended after only ten minutes in another wall. But this time, the dimly lit hallway with stairs now started on my left side. Excited to get out of that terrible hole, I half jogged, half slowly walking, clutching my chest. I was tired and I sat down trying to look up through the slightly stuffed stairs. I couldn't see up the stairs. There wasn't a railing or anything other than bland gray stairs. Five stairs up, turn, five stairs up, turn. This continued for a long time. I got in the rhythm of picking up my feet for each stair. Every time I got tired, my heart felt like, like it was going to explode. I felt so lost. I almost missed the door that was painted crudely to match the color of the stairs. I practically slammed my way into the door. I was then greeted by a large, open auditorium, like room with an end I could barely see with my eyes, which might say is probably a few miles away. Yes, it's one huge room. I'm not crazy, but after seeing this in the freaky hallway thing, I considered it. The floor was just like that of a high school that had white tile floors. The walls, the ones that I could see, were painted gray. It was ugly, but I could care less. I didn't feel claustrophobic anymore. I could breathe. I collapsed onto the ground with only my arms as pillows. I have, a, I have expected to wake up in the same room as before, or covered in purple liquid but I was still in the same place as before. I yawned and craned my neck. I felt rested, but damn was I sore. My chest had even reached a very uncomfortable state. I sat up and stretched my arms. My head was foggy, but I continued trying to wake up. But as soon as I set my hands down, I noticed the line drawn in. What I can only imagine is purple blood 
I thought I imagined it at first, but when I rubbed my eyes to wake myself up, it was still there. There was a large purple arrow pointing to where I was lying, and a large purple X drawn directly under where I was lying. My sternum felt like it was splitting open. An extremely dry, burning itch was all I felt. Okay, so, how? What? This was worse than waking up in that blank room. Now I felt unalone. I anxiously pulled my shirt back to reveal a trademark X scarred into my upper body. Most of it was covered in thick gray watertight bond. Aside from the aside from that, there were stitches, lots of them. Terrified, I pulled my shirt down to cover it up. My chest now felt like someone was slowly pouring boiling water on it. I was panicked and realized I was pressed up against the corner of the giant auditorium-like structure. I tried to calm myself down so I wouldn't rip the stitches. Not like I would, not like I would, seeing that I are, I have already, I have already thrown myself around enough. After a few minutes of heavy breathing and wheezing, I just I decided to get as far away from there as I could. I ran, or at least what I could manage, down one edge of the room. I wasn't paying attention to anything. I was so convinced that whoever drew that was still back there. What seemed like an hour of running later, I reached the other side of the room. My right hand ran across the wall as I continued across. When I came across three identical etches in the wall, actually they looked like keyholes. Above them were three adjacent purple wet question mark symbols, one pointing left, one right. And, and a square in the middle. I mean, they weren't very wet, but the lines were dripping down the wall. I was confused as to what this meant. Three directions, three keys. I decided to try going back the way I came, this time being careful and trying to notice anything out of the ordinary. About exactly an hour later of slowly pacing the wall with my left hand, I came across a faded blue handle. And for now, we're going to a view it advertisement. If you haven't b broken your brain th trying to figure out what I've been talking about. And we're back. Hello. So you see, for me, I just clapped and I felt cool because it was like I was directing the advertisement. So now you'll get back to this total freak show of a story. Um, and I hope that I'm properly enunciating my words and I'm, uh, you know, understandable and that this isn't just Sanskrit. You let me know. Where was I? I went to turn it. I went to turn it and I froze. I got a terrible feeling. I almost wanted to turn and forget about it, but this handle was the only thing I could find. If I die, it's better than starving. I slowly turned the handle and tugged on it. I heard something crack and looked up to see a long slice run down the wall. Dust seemed to shoot out of the crevice like no one had touched it in years. It was starting to look like a doorframe. I tugged again and more cracked open. 
I gave it one last pull, and the pathway flew open. I was thrusted into a bright red house? Question mark. I could see where the dust was coming from. This place was coated in, coated in it. I was in a total change of scenery. I turned to see that the door I came through was gone. Instead, a hard wall of wood was in place. I looked around to find that there weren't any windows, but a log fire in the middle of a large family room with a couch and a lamp was before me. Above the fire was what looked like where a TV should be placed, but the cords weren't connected to anything and the wall was blank. In the background was the song, Ain't That a Kick in the Head, music I hadn't heard in what felt like years. The song felt painfully ironic to my situation. The mouse, the house, wow, the house matched the age of the music. It looked like something out of a museum, but instead of rotten, fake-looking scenery, it was real and unaged. I almost forgot what I just came from. I reached back and placed my ear against the wall. I knocked a few times. It was definitely solid. After I pumped myself up for a few more embarrassing seconds, I started forward into the house. It was almost laughable how corny this was. Old Coca-Cola was sitting in the fridge next to one of those annoying milk cartons with the missing people on the back. It was covered in dirt and grime, and I could barely read anything. But it sure was a missing person's picture. After dusting off the small article, instead of a sad-looking picture or a reward, there was a smiling young kid that looked no older than me. I was staring at a stock photo of myself, one with a plain blue background from my high school. I laughed after what I'd been through seeing myself after what I'd been through seeing myself on some fake old milk carton wasn't really anything. I picked it up and I threw it onto the floor. It busted open to reveal a long, thin key. I wasn't the one it wasn't the one I was looking for. But now, realizing that's exactly what I'd, I had without thinking, started looking for. <laughs> Too small, but it was a key nonetheless. I picked it up and kept it with me as I traveled to the next room. The rest of the main floor was nothing unusual. Just an old wood dining table with flowers on it. There was a front door after that with a set of stairs leading up in front of it. I tried the key on the door, but no luck. I traveled up the stairs into the one room it led to. It's the only room I haven't checked, so something has to be in there. I unfeelingly tossed open the door to reveal a dresser and a large body mirror without a frame. The dresser was locked, but this time the key I found worked. I flung open the dresser door to see a familiar set of clothes. They weren't particularly clean, but they were a lot better than the attire I was currently wearing. It was some green cargo shorts and 
a jet. I mean, a, de a decayed mirror-like body. A decayed mirror-like body fell, fell from the dresser into my arms. A large scar was running straight through and over his eye, covered in thick purple substance. Other than that, it was unmistakably me. I stumbled back and tripped, falling headfirst in the bottom right corner of the mirror. I woke up with a pounding headache and the feeling of warm, wet liquid soaking the side of my face. The, adre the adrenaline inside of me quickly spiked and I sat up, ripped the bottom of my shirt off and wrapped it around my head. I couldn't open my right eye at all and the pain was excruciating. I looked around at the dresser. It was exactly how I left it, but there wasn't a body, just an empty space where I last checked. Getting back to my senses, I went over to the dresser, grabbed the red Nike shirt, and replaced it with the gray one. I used all of the old shirt to wrap around my sliced open eye. After the quick change of clothes, being careful not to injure myself by rushing too fast, I made sure my crude bandage was tight, then almost left when I noticed the mirror I was starting I was staring back at an almost different person. I almost didn't believe it. I angrily threw the mirror down in a quick bout of rage. It shattered into pieces. I was about to leave the hellish room when I noticed a protruding purple key among the glass shards. I lost my place. <laughs> um... I noticed a protruding purple key among the glass shards, covered in purple ooze. I picked it up and slipped it into one of the pockets of my beautiful new pants. Oh, I really am starting to hate gray. I almost did a face plant by running down the stairs, but wasn't too keen on that many scars. What do you know, a bland gray door was waiting exactly where I came in. When I opened it, I realized I was holding my breath. I didn't know what to expect, but it was the same as I left it. The giant, humongous auditorium. Running my right hand on the wall, I hurried back, back to what was gaining on an hour-long trek back to the keyholes. When I arrived, I took a second to orient myself with a what, with a what etch I should take place what? God damn it, Jackson. I'm assuming this means what? which one of the keyholes should I place this key in? Okay, back in character. Obviously the one from the direction I went, I thought to myself. I don't know what I was expecting, but when I placed the key in, I heard a successful clank, clank of what I can only imagine is gears working. But nothing happened after that. I waited around for a bit to make sure I didn't miss anything. I guess it was time to go hunting again. Wow. So this is what it's come to. Hunting for keys. Okay, boys and girls. That's not the end, obviously. Um, th so there at the end. <laughs> uh, if, if there's ever like a moment in this when you're listening to it this is this is the end of the video so if you don't want to listen to me 
uh, I'm going to have to do this, finish this out next week. But uh, if there's ever a moment where you're like, what, what, what did he just say? Because mo- most of that was cohesive, at least to me. But if you're if you're thinking to yourself, what what what, what did that sentence mean? And I thought to m- that to myself when I when I read that, like, what what, what grammar was that, young Jackson? Um, anyway, uh, if you run into that, just know that I don't I don't even know either. So that's why I had to guess with the whole key thing. Um, there's probably going to be one more podcast episode of this hopefully not to because i don't i'm gonna have the pleasure of writing it because i already wrote it (laughs) and uh i hope to see you tomorrow in my next comic view it podcast all of this is exclusive to view it except for uh we're going to have uh, a lot less stuff but our general amount of items on like Spotify and other media uh, platforms. So if you want the real thing, if you want the unedited thing, if you want the uh, the full experience, you have to see it here on View It. That download the View It app. My name is the Reaper, otherwise known as Jackson Perry, and uh, this was Reaper's POV, and it's my podcast. I also game. I also edit here. I also do playlist stuff. All, all, a lot of the stuff on the esports division is me. Uh, so if you're into video games, if you're into comics, if you're into creepy pasta, horror, uh, excitement, that's all me, baby. So you better, you better show up and you better give me some attention because I die without it. So thank you so much for watching. We're gonna go ahead and end that here. So. Thank you and bye.